We stopped by Hireology's HQ in Chicago and found ourselves as guests on the Best Team Wins podcast, hosted by Hireology CEO Adam Robinson. They had free beer, swag, and a bunch of smiling millennials. How the hell could we say no? Enjoy the special Chad and Cheese edition of the Best Team Wins podcast. Welcome to the Best Team Wins podcast with Adam Robinson. He's talking to today's industry leaders and entrepreneurs about the people side of their business. Welcome to this week's episode of the Best Team Wins podcast, where we feature entrepreneurs and business leaders whose exceptional approach to the people side of their business has led to incredible results. You're listening to a special live edition of the Best Team Wins podcast. Bring it. I'm Adam Robinson, co-founder and CEO of Hireology, and we are coming to you live from our Chicago office with two very distinguished guests, Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman, the co-hosts of the famous slash infamous Chad and Cheese podcast, billed as the most dangerous. HR is most dangerous. HR is Which is not as dangerous as just being dangerous. It is HR is not very dangerous. What is HR's second most dangerous podcast? There isn't one. Yeah. No, they're all born shit. There yeah. can only be one Highlander style. Chomps. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk to you guys uh, today. Uh, and today we're going to demystify the recruitment technology space for our listeners, uh, which is we discussed before the show. And this uh, is a 30-minute show? And we're going to demystify, we're going to demystify okay. it in, right. in 20 minutes or so. Um, we're going to cover a couple of big topics. I mean, most of our listeners are running a business or a location and it's all on them and they don't have local HR and they're trying to navigate this mess of vendors and sourcing and technology around hiring and they get lots of messages and it's all expensive and very confusing and the world is not built for them. It's all built for the big guys. So um, with, your, uh, with your help, maybe we'll send them on their way with a couple of ideas they can put into place to be better at this I feel stuff. confident that we can do that. Couple ideas. For the small yeah, guy, yeah. the it's little possible, guy. Yeah. yeah, this one's for, for the little guy. For the little we're, guy for the little. we're out of the ivory tower today, and we'll help the little guy out. I think Great. we can do that. Welcome, and let's get started. Thank you. Okay. Proud to be here. Chicago. Let's do this. Here's Chicago. So let's, let's keep going with that. I'm, I'm an operator of a, of a Main Street business. You know, I have somewhere in 20, 30, 40 employees. Uh, talent acquisition is hard. I it, I just know I can't find enough people. I don't know where to go. What, what is out there to help me? I hear, I hear ads from companies telling me to post my jobs for free. What, what do I do? So after you've completed uh, crying in your pillow for a week or so, um, I mean, there, there are a ton of job sites that are out there. And that's generally the thing that companies do is they like, they're going from job site to job site. And that's the first, the easiest thing, because it's generally the, the, the least expensive. So, you know, the zip recruiters, the Indeeds, and so on and so forth, but they don't generally offer you that many tools to be able to, to provide you kind of like some type of infrastructure to make it easier, not just to get candidates or people who believe they're candidates, um, but to be able to sort through them. So, I mean, that's the, the first thing is you have to understand your process, um, understand what that process looks like from, from A to Z so that when you start to look for technologies, 
you have an idea at least mapped out in your head on how to become more efficient there because you don't have time to do that. You have other shit to do, right? So the first thing is, and this is even on the enterprise side, if you don't understand your process, how can you go and buy tech? You, you can't, you shouldn't, but they do. So for the little guys, the same way, you have to understand your process, map it out, and then start going to pretty much go to the market and start looking for those different types of tech technologies that will help you through that process to be more efficient so that you don't have to waste your time doing it. So what came to my mind when you said that everyone's focused on the big guys, um, there, are, there are actually big guys that are hoping to help the little guys. And there are three that come to my mind is uh, LinkedIn, number one, which has historically been known as a buttoned up white collar professional network, um, job search site. Um, they're going hard after the SMB market. And so they've, they released a new feature last year where when you post a job, they will show you candidates that they believe are uh, re relevant to your job posting. Um, and they think pretty strongly that they feel that they have uh, every kind of level of professional that you could need. Here in Chicago, you see a lot of LinkedIn ads uh, at bus stops and whatnot. So they're hitting big, bigger markets to try to do that. Um, number two, I would say uh, Facebook got into this uh, market about two years ago. Now they have certain problems with privacy and maybe public opinion about I've heard, them. I've heard. You've heard of them. Uh, yeah, three billion people yeah, strong. And though they are losing a little bit, bit of the younger uh, demographic, they do on Instagram. So you can still reach those people. So you can post jobs on Facebook. Um, you can also source people on Facebook and they're getting into the game more uh, to cover really all kinds of uh, professionals. I think the third element of that is um, when you look at Google getting into the game and launching Google for Jobs, which is essentially, if you're familiar with Indeed, and I think some of your clients probably are, um, it's sort of basically putting Indeed on Google. So you have actual job listings that you can see and no matter how big or small your company is, you can put your jobs on Google for jobs, which gives you a fighting chance to compete with any big, big brand in the marketplace. And we know that around 78% of all job searches start at Google. So if you can just leverage that tool, which is also free, by the way, you're giving yourself a leg up in recruiting, no matter what kind of skills you're looking for. So you just referenced something we talk about often, which is m most job search starts in a browser bar. Yeah. And, uh, so, Whereas 20, 25 years ago, you'd go to a monster or a career builder because that's where the inventory was. Now it's all indexed and it's available through your favorite search engine, right? And 78% of the time that's Google. So what that, what that tells us is all of, all of the tactics and techniques these operators have had to master to be found by consumers all should theoretically work to be found by job seekers. And one of the things we, we like to say is jobs are products. They should be retailed like products online, right? That job seekers are consumers, these things. Yeah, but job descriptions aren't even close to like sales. I mean, so, they're, so they're, let's, they're let's talk about that for the, a second. That's the hard part. About how, how, how can business owners make the transition from thinking about B2C marketing of products and services right. to the B2C marketing of job opportunities and, and control their own destiny here. Yeah. First thing you don't do is go to the web and copy and paste something from a competitor. I mean, because you're already screwing up as, as it is right there. So generally, the actual job description itself is so bad that candidates don't even know what they're applying for. I mean, even job titles in many cases, right? Um, so 
think about the actual job itself, the, the description of what that individual is going to be doing and give them the most lifelike description of what they will be, be doing day by day. No question, right? Then also the requirements, be smart about your requirements, right? Do you really need a bachelor's degree to, 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 to sell cars? I mean, or to sell really anything? No, probably not. Um, so think about that. If they have one, that's great. That's awesome. But is it really a requirement? Is it necessary? So start thinking about that and start thinking about that job description at that point, after you've done that, now turn it into an ad because that job posting is really an advertisement. So what you can do to actually reach out and, and pull more readers in, um, is what you're looking to do, right? This isn't, this isn't, something that is should be a bland kind of operation it should be something that you actually put your heart into because if you put your heart into it and you tell your story the, the people that actually align with that story and they believe in that purpose they're going to want to come work for you companies are not doing that at every single level today once you start doing that that's that's step one but that's one of the most important steps so one of the, the great ironies for me, and, and you deal with the car dealerships in particular, who are some of the best local marketers in the world, right? I, I can't tell you the last billboard, you know, TV spot, radio ad for a car dealership that I heard at the end, looking for a job, check out opportunities on our website. Um, they should do that if they really need people. That's an obvious sort of um, bridge, I think, to getting job candidates into your door. I think the other thing uh, that you look at in general uh, with social media and just marketing um, their dealership in general, they should be some of the best marketers for job, uh, job opportunities in every local market. So if you're using Facebook, if you're on Instagram, I've seen, you know, car dealerships using Snapchat and even, even more progressive uh, mediums, like you're promoting your cars there. Why aren't you promoting your jobs there too? Well, and it's demos, right? You've got to think of those demos. So on the LinkedIn side of the house, uh, you're not seeing like the, the Gen Z's and, and a portion of millennials not even really jumping into LinkedIn and use, utilizing LinkedIn as much, um, but they are using the Instagrams. I mean, you, you've got, you have to go where they are. So whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, look at them as marketing channels. I mean, we used to have radio, cable, billboard. Second life. Yeah. Shut up. Second life. That's a dumbass. Um, but I mean, Can we you have cuss to... on this podcast. Uh, yeah, too late. Apparently, yeah, apparently. Uh, keep it up. Keep apparently. it going, guys. That was pretty lame. It's uh, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> we could really turn it up. If yeah, you and it's your show, guys. So anyway, yeah, I mean that's that's the the basic premise behind it. You need to start looking at it as a marketer. You have your content that you're putting out there. So if you did it back in the day when you did a radio ad, you focused on the content because you were trying to pull people in to buy a car or buy whatever you're trying to sell. Okay. The same thing you're trying to sell and you're trying to sell a job. You're trying to sell, you know, livelihood. You're trying to sell culture. If you're not doing that, you are doing it wrong. And I think, you know, we go back and forth on, on employment brand, but I think, and you guys know better because you deal in this industry, but car, car salesmen have an historically bad reputation. So to sell an opportunity around doing that job that people think is full of scumbags. Literally, literally hiring used car sales. Like yeah. that's got to be a major challenge in recruiting. So how many of your, you know, companies or dealerships out there are tackling the challenge of like salespeople are noble people. You know, here's some of the ones in our company that, you know, have done social service and have families and they're good people. Like try to, try to break through that, that stereotype of 
douchebag sales guy would probably go a long way into getting some people to apply for sales jobs at a dealership. He always says that because he knows my backgrounds in sales. Um, but so one of our local dealerships, they have and douchebaggery. I mean, they, they've, they've created. Different. They've created. Yeah, what's it with, with douchebag salespeople and hats? And hats. Yeah. <laughs> Every, I haven't even brought up millennials yet. <laughs> Um, He's a millennial, right? Oh, yeah. Right, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> millennials, they've man. actually created a culture, uh, created a culture that's different. And that's how they sell cars. And that's how they sell how to work there. Um, so it can be done. And there's no reason why it can't be. How are you different? Tell your so, story. so th think about, you know, industries like, like uh, automotive retail or home health care or hospitality where, you know, we see maybe 8 to 10% overlap of the candidate pool and link in a LinkedIn profile. So this talent pool is under profile, let's say they're, they're less findable. So, it, you know, in this paradigm of Google, you know, arguably they're pretty good at search. Um, you know, if I'm looking for a job, you know, we make, make the argument that the media you just mentioned are really their visual uh, channels is, is, is video or video job descriptions a thing is is a video job preview is it a, is that a is that a thing and, and how do you reach with content under profiled uh, talent pools who yeah. you, you know you're not going to find a home health care aid on LinkedIn you've got to be not. smart about video because people are only going to watch so much video um, you know I, I think the, uh, the the limit was like around two to three minutes. I can't re remember the last survey. It's, it goes back and forth before two and three minutes. Um, video should be used to capture somebody with, I mean, just to grab them and pull them in to learn more, right? And to be able to apply. Great, you know, not a, you know, half hour segment on. I do love the, the, the whole, you know, day in the life of kind of a thing. But I think that's good if somebody wants to do more research. It's and not good it's, on the and job. And if it's VR. <laughs> Are you done? Did I just put you on? You know, I think we get caught up a lot in the job description and having that driven. But, you know, why couldn't you have sort of traditional marketing strategies where um, instead of a job posting, you have, you know, a, a download for 10 reasons why working at a dealership is awesome or something. And you market that to Facebook, Instagram users that are between 18 and whatever. And then they click on the landing page. They go, oh, that looks kind of interesting. I might be interested in a job in that. They give you their email address. You, they get the content. And now you start marketing them like they were a consumer. Then you hit them so with a the cookie get, and it's get, all over. You need to get too, too caught up with the job description. I mean, think outside the box with your marketing if you're having trouble getting it. Well, then to you these can people. serve the, the video ads. Right. So uh, let's talk about Google. Um, as you guys do on your podcast, Google, oh, the, the search company. Yeah. Um, heard of them. Most, most people had heard of career builder. They, they had their moment in the sun. Indeed is having I their, don't know, I don't know that most people nowadays really, are you talking employers or job seekers? I'm talking, uh, both. Okay. Actually. I think on the job seeker side, the, it's it's easy to forget, right? It's easy to forget pretty much the monsters, the career builders. Sure. If you're not out there advertising. So most kids, monster is an energy drink. <clears throat> so so in, a, in a world where the brand, the uh, recruitment site branding, so the third-party lead generators, 
that brand has arguably less value when Google is serving search results is that's really brand agnostic and driving traffic to those sites now. Yeah. So where, where does this go? I mean, how as a third party marketer or lead mm -hmm. generator, can you, can you differentiate it? And, and what does that mean to a local business owner? Like why, why do they care about any of this? You can, you can differentiate. Okay. So from an experience standpoint, what is Google looking for? Who do they care about most? Their users. They don't give a shit about the company that's trying to sell you something. They care about the user because if the user is going to come back, Google's a lifestyle platform and they want to continue to be a lifestyle platform. So you're using them for whatever it is, going to, going to the restaurant, you know, going to, it doesn't matter. So for their standpoint, they care about user experience. If they start to see jobs that are performing incredibly well, right? And, and they're, they're not a bunch of users that are jumping onto a job and ejecting off. Um, then they're going to provide better lift to those jobs, which is one of the reasons why I think, um, you know, many applicant tracking systems, if they don't get their shit together and have a great experience, the job boards will continue to get more traffic, right? So we, we saw from uh, ISIMS, Colin Day and ISIMS, that they uh, received like, what was it? It was a crazy amount of traffic from they had like a 60% increase in and traffic they saw like a 30% decrease in right. indeed traffic. But from that standpoint, as the algorithm learns, that could, that could drop dramatically if there's not a great experience that's there. So, you know, that's one of the things that the monsters and in the, in the indeeds and the curb builders need to do is they need to work on a, a, a great experience so that those job seekers are coming through those users. We have to stop saying job seekers. Those customers are coming through and they're staying and they're engaging in content and they're applying for jobs. At that point, Google will see that the time on sites and then those jobs, those sources will lift in the actual search. And I think that's where ATS is really play a, a big role they could kill it too um in understanding what google wants from you know when users go through so how how difficult is your apply process if it's very cumbersome um versus like linkedin where people might already have a profile or sort of easy to, to register then you're probably going to lose the seo google game so ats's need to be really focused on how do we optimize the experience of clicking to the job and then applying to the job because that's going to help you in the long run and help your customers. Ideally, Google hopes that job boards, you stop posting on job boards and just post and get your job on Google and then they'll charge you for a pay-per-click later and get all that money that our ad, our ad units are coming. Do you, are you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't, we don't have a line into Google, but historically, why wouldn't they eventually have to search, you know, least. put your job in a pay-per-click format. Um, and make that easy to do. Yeah. I mean, they'd love to take all the money you're giving career builder and LinkedIn and everybody else and have you give that to Google. Uh, employment brand uh, in a, in a few minutes here, what, what's the one most important thing uh, everyday business can do to help to win the visibility game on Google vis-a-vis -vis employment brand? So, I mean, brand and Google are, I think a little bit different. Well, content, questions. let's now, say con content. There, I, I, I do think that, um, Companies need to be aware that in their Google for Jobs listings, they do have what's your Glassdoor five-star rating, what's your Indeed five-star, what's your career bliss, and they're pulling sites that a lot of people don't even know exist. So if at a minimum you should go see your jobs on Google and see what sites they're pulling in terms of employee reviews, 
Um, and if you suck at one of those, like you should probably focus um, on that. So I think, I think twofold is one is sort of monitoring where reviews are and what's going on. Um, and there are tools that can do that. Um, and then secondly, like, you know, the reality is people and particularly younger people, they don't want to hear about the company from the CEO. They don't want to hear about what it's like to work from the HR department. They want to know what it's like from the former salesperson on Glassdoor. They want to know what it's like from the former, you know, accountants that's leaving a review on Indeed or, or the female salesperson that leaves a review on uh, Fairy Godboss, right? That's where they go to find out what it's like to work at your company. And if you're not aware that these sites exist and you're not sort of trying to manage um, those reviews, I think you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage. And most companies don't even know these reviews exist or these sites exist, and they're getting killed because the reviews are so terrible for some, some uh, employers. So they lose control of their brand because they're not watching the content. You can't manage what you can't measure, and you can't measure what you don't even know, yeah. right? So the first step is like actually knowing what's out there, and that's sort of a big step for well, most companies. And you have to understand purpose, the purpose of your organization, the purpose that brings people to your organization. Um, you know, I'm not a big believer in quote unquote employment brand. I believe in the overall brand. Um, and the reason why employment brand is being splintered out is because most companies have a shitty brand uh, because there's no purpose. And, you know, you're going to or no to, brand. Yeah, no brand. And you're going to slog all day. Right. Uh, you know, we're talking to the, the former head of global um, community at Airbnb and we asked him about employment brand and he just kind of shook his head almost like, you know, it was like, what the hell are you talking about? The focus of an organization, big or small, is around the purpose of your organization. What are you giving back to the community? What is that person coming in to do every single day? Not only will you be able to drive more individuals who are purpose driven to do what you are doing, but your ret your retention will be much higher. So it is more of a holistic kind of a, an approach, but it does have to do with brand and your brand does have to be real. If it doesn't, you're going to lose. We think about uh, candidate experience, consumer experiences being, we've, we've seen that focus shift from, I'm going to make this easy for the payroll administrator required job seeker profiles so that we don't have to double key stuff to a world where it's really consumer focused, uh, really is, is table stakes. For folks listening now, uh, and we'll wrap with this, what are one or two things they can do to improve candidate or customer experience as it relates to jobs? So the, the hard part, I think, is trying to get their data because you want that data to make it easier for you. It's the experience and how you get the data. And what we're seeing right now, and, and everybody's talking about chatbots, and they're not talking about really how chatbots are really just engagement vehicles. That's the big key, is, is not having this long, this long list of fields that you have to sit there and just fill out that really suck, right? If you have an opportunity to be able to, to pull uh, and parse their resume or their information into fields, that's another way. Anything that makes it easier for them to have a, great, a better experience, but you still get the data, that's the answer. You know, for our legacy friend in the back, uh, you know, the, the black hole of the resume database uh, is something that's existed since the dawn on of the uh, job order, putting jobs on the internet. And, and there's been such animosity towards G. So I give a company my resume and I don't hear anything. 
I mean, if I get a reply, you know, like an automated email saying, thanks for applying, like that's supposed to be good enough. So I think, you know, in terms of what you said in terms of uh, and user experience is like communication is really important. And there are tools, whether it's ATSs or you mentioned chatbots um, that can alert a candidate in terms of where, the, where are they in the process, right? Or uh, I forget who we were talking to, but they had an interview scheduled. So they had uh, messages via text or Facebook or whatever it was like uh, little check-ins with them. Like, Hey, just wanted to let you know our address is this in case you didn't have it. And then two days before, Hey, just a quick reminder. Uh, it's, it's casual. Don't feel like you need to dress up. So those little things, even though they might be automated to a job seeker, like, Holy shit, like they really care. They're actually communicating. And by the way, most of those people will buy a car eventually. And even if you don't hire them if they've had a nice experience and sort of an open transparent honest experience in the job search process you know they're they might be more likely to buy a car from you and i think when you start framing that to car dealerships like these are people who buy cars they might pay a little more attention to how they treat uh, their candidates stop looking at candidates and start looking at customers everybody that you touch every day is is a prospective customer or is a customer okay so final question here what's the next frontier for talent technology in your opinion? It's, it's fairly simple. I mean, everybody talks about AI, but in automation. I see someone laughing. You say it's fairly simple. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I, I, no, I see, really, I think it is. I think over the next couple of years, what we'll see is we'll see that a, a lot of the menial tasks that we're, we're having to deal with today uh, on the recruitment side of the house and also from the candidate side of the house will be bridged by, you know, whether it's a chatbot or it's an actual uh, algorithm that can go out and find individuals who have the requirements that you need right out of the gate and then automatically message them to see if they're, see if they're ready uh, to come prospectively apply for a job. I mean, those things are already out there. They are already working, but to be able to seam them together into a system, we're not there yet. So that, that to me, you know, what's the most important thing, especially for the little guy, what's the most important thing for you? Look at that process and then start to look at, start to look at platforms and vendors that can help you get through that. I'll try to make this quick because I'm empty, but I have, I have a dream recruitment scenario yeah. in my mind that one day an HR manager, recruitment manager, or CEO will say, Alexa, find me 10 salespeople in Seattle, Washington with one to three years experience and schedule interviews for next week. It'll be Google. By and the, the robots will go out and source candidates and email them and then create a, a chat bot automated communication experience. We'll pre-screen candidates. We'll then schedule them through this automated system. And then we'll automatically update your calendar with who's coming in based on the conversations they're having. And then folks will just come in that are already pre-screened for the job and you'll hire the ones that are the best chem, you know, the best chemistry that you have. That's wild. You guys got that yeah. on, the ro- on, the, on the roadmap? And, uh, Where's my good. product people? It's fairly simple. Did, did you hear that also? That's uh, it's pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> pretty easy. They're out there. It's all about partnership and acquisition. Uh, go. I just want my kids to stop uh, asking for baby shark on Alexa. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Chad Soas, Joe Cheeseman, live at Hierology on the Best Team Wins podcast. That's a wrap for this week's episode of the Best Team Wins podcast. I am your host, Adam Robinson, author of the book, The Best Team Wins, which you can find online at 
www.thebestteamwins.com. Thank you for tuning in to this special live episode, and we will see you here next week. Thanks for listening to the Best Team Wins podcast with Adam Robinson. You can find out more information about Adam and his book, The Best Team Wins, Building Your Business Through Predictive Hiring at thebestteamwins.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.